0: listening to a tip of the cap podcast brought to you by Stinger sports. Stinger sports makes high quality gear for the player who expects more for their money. Visit them today at www.stingerwoodbats.com and use promo code tip of the cap, all one word for 10% off your next order. Stinger sports look great, feel great, play great. What's going on, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of tip of the cap podcast. I am coach Jaws joining me the other half of the dynamic duo from Hilbert this year, uh, Mr. Pat Whalen, Pat, how are we doing, bud? Not too bad. How are you,
1: Josh? It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Hey, I, uh, I, I, I'm happy you carved out some time on a Thursday night on a nice hot Thursday night to, uh, to join me and talk some baseball.
1: Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't rather be doing anything else. That's one of my favorite things to do is talk ball. So <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: it's, it's amazing how many guys share that sentiment. We were just talking about a little bit before we hit, hit record here. Um, just the talking baseball, being with the boys, it's just, there, there's something about it that's just so so different and so nice so uh let's get into it let's you know we we talked about this we do this on every episode that i bring a guest on uh first and foremost introduce yourself where you're from uh and how you got to you know be one of the you know part of that dynamic duo at hilbert and you know what led to that whole nine yards just you know where you started from little league all the way up let's get into it
1: yeah so Oh, I mean, I, I think that uh, you know, my story is probably a little bit more unconventional than uh, other state successful, you know, young ball players and college ball players. It definitely bounced around. It wasn't the the most direct line to get, you know, even just a Hilbert. Um, you know, I grew up was I'm like in West Seneca, West Seneca, South Buffalo line over by there. Um hockey, you know, baseball wasn't even my first love, it was hockey. And uh, I grew up playing that, a lot of travel hockey and everything like that. And um, but that eventually transformed to baseball because you know I, I found out early found out early on that something connected something deeply connected with me with the sport um it was you know the trips to cooperstown the trips to you know we'd go out to ohio that's, to the sports forest park and it was um something just truly i don't want to say magical about it but it was just something truly special and um you know from the from you know 10 11 years on 11 years old i mean um I just ate, slept and breathed, breathed baseball. I mean, there was nothing really like it. And, um, you know, I remember early on, I can kind of tell that I wasn't as talented as a lot of, you know, my counterpart parts. I came up, you know, I graduated high school in 2018. So that's the age range where like, you know, Max Giordano's playing the Mansell brothers that I know, you know, those guys very well from Lancaster. Um, and uh, I, I just was not, I, I wasn't, even guys on my team, I wasn't as talented or athletic as. So I, I knew from an early age that I had to work very hard at it. And, um, you know, I remember being in my backyard or being down at the park with my dad throwing B. B-, 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 B. And, you know, I, I would swing so much and get blisters on my hands They start to bleed and everything. So um, I, I just really knew that to try to gain, I really knew to become successful, I had to, you know, do any, do any means, do through any means I had to, uh, um, work harder and outwork guys. And, um, you know, going to the high school, I went, I went to Bishop time in St. Jude. There was the reason I went there is because there was a deep family, deep family tradition. My, uh, my grandfather pitched there. He played ball as well as my uncle, my dad. So, um, you know, it just felt right. You know, it was was basically right down the street. So a lot of family tradition and and enrolled there. I still, you know, in baseball, it was um, it was definitely very tough for me. You know, I, I was still at that point wasn't very good. I had a lot of counterparts that were just head and shoulders talented than me. And um, I remember my junior year, I got uh, I got um, usually that's the year. You know, everyone makes the varsity team and everything. And I got cut and had to play junior varsity, which was definitely you know it, that was a real big kicking the behind for me, you know, it definitely sucked because all my, all my buddies and everything were playing on varsity and having a great time. It seemed like, and I'm kind of stuck in a JV team, you know, going away. Um, so that winter kind of went to work, you know, I, I wasn't, I really kind of doubled down thinking this is the last ride, you know, no one, no one was recruiting me or anything like that. So I kind of just knew that, you know, if this is it, I'm going to make the most of it. And uh, you know, I kind of learned then the hard lesson that hard work doesn't always equal success. And, um, you know, I, I always, I kinda, I would take so many reps in the cages, so many ground balls and throwing that I kind of worked myself into bad habits and, um, just not, not very much success. And, um, you know, I kind of thought that was the end of the line for baseball. Um, no one recruited me, n- no looks at all. So it was like, you know, you know what, that's it. I, I felt at the time, I was very at peace with it. Um, so I went to Canisius college my freshman year, just thinking I was done. And then, you know, I, I feel like, uh, when you forever, for anybody that loves something so much, you always get that itch again, no matter if you're, you know, I was, you know, 17, 18 at the time, or you're four years old and still want to keep playing. So I, I had that itch again and just, uh, I I knew that, you know, I, I just knew I, I had a feeling deep down that it wasn't done. And, um, Canisius, it was, uh. It was kind of a lonely year for me, I guess I would say. It was um it wasn't the most fun. There was I didn't really know anybody on campus. I had to commute. Um and so I, I kinda had my mind set up on transferring elsewhere. And it came down to UB or Madai, and um the selling factor was was Madai because I uh I went to coach then coach Coach Josh Sova there. Um and he offered me a spot. So um that, that was what convinced me to go to Madai and I enrolled rolled there in the 20, 2019 year and um, thinking nothing of it. I, I didn't think anything was going to come of it. I um, I just figured I was going to put my head down, be a bench guy for the first year and kind of see where it took me. And then all of a sudden we get down to Florida that year and I'm batting fourth, playing third base, a position I've really been played before. So that was definitely an adjustment. And um, I remember being down there, not really having a ton of success either. I, you know, I, I remember you know, walking up to the plate, my first at bat and looking out at the pitcher and he looks like he's about two feet away and the outfield fence is, you know, a football field away. And it it just, uh, you know, not one football field away, multiple. Right. And, um, so that was, uh, and obviously that that season got cut short by COVID We only played seven games or so. So that was definitely, um, and at that point, you know, I was very used to failure. It wasn't anything like, you know, I was never very growing up. I, I was, I was never the most successful guy whatsoever. So, you know, it didn't really bother me. And um, you know, I kind of just did what I always do. Just put my head down, grind, and, you know, try to become the best player I could the next year. And it, it came at the perfect time because during COVID, there was nothing else to do. So my my daily schedule was basically go to work. I would lift and hit. And then, you know, um later on, and I do not think any summer baseball is even a possibility, but thankfully uh Sean Gavigan of the Orchard Park Sox and he coaches out uh, triple ABA team, the Chris Construction Curve as well. He offered me a spot in the team because his son at the, his son, Pack Gavigan, at the time was also on the Medi Mavericks roster with me. So that was um that really uh, that really opened my eyes because I don't know if you remember this Jaws, but that summer was it was like an all-star show oh, every yeah. single night.
0: Oh yeah. That every- was that was the year that every single uh my, like there was no minor league baseball. MLB expanded their rosters to include some double A AA and triple A guys, but outside of that, everyone was just home. So you had—I remember—I mean, triple A Muni. Every team had three, four, five guys on it that played some level of pro ball, and it was—you know—instead of seeing these dudes at small stadiums, you're, you're you're watching them at the Pepsi Center. You're watching them at Sheridan Park on—you know—under the lights and like—you know—and Sheridan Park to those dudes, it's a, it, you know—it's a boombox. It's it's so small. You know, it, that was a wild summer. That really, really was.
1: Oh, it was crazy. I mean, I remember I would get to the games. I, I would try to get there as early as possible. And then it would be, I, I wasn't really a starter on those teams. I would kind of just, you know, Coach Gab would have me on the bench and, you know, me and myself and a couple of other guys were in this role. We'd sit on the bench, seventh inning, we might get a pinch hit at bat later on. And um, just just being able to like sit in the bleachers, or sit in the bench, and, and watch those guys play, it was like it really was watching like a minor league or a, a professional game. It, it was ridiculous, and I picked up so much knowledge and so many you know insights on the game that I otherwise wouldn't have. And um, you know, I think that was that was definitely a well, I, I would I would say almost single handedly one of the most influential times in my baseball career because it was that time. Like I said, there was nothing else to do besides try to get better, besides you know go lift, besides. <clears throat> play ball and um I, I i just had because of all the failure and because i wasn't supposed to be on a college baseball roster i said you know what screw it i got nothing to lose so i um after that summer just trained throughout all the winter and and you know my i just wanted to become the best player i could and that uh 2021 year we um for <clears throat> for the mid mavericks we we had a shortened conference only season because of the COVID measures and everything. So I think that was almost all division three wide. And I remember our first game, our first doubleheader was against Penn State Tuna. And I remember being so nervous, just like, you know, on the bus ride down, you know, is all this hard work going to pay off. And I'm thinking about all the, you know, late nights in the cages, all the, all the early hours in the gym and like, ah, oh, you know, was, is it, is it all going to be for nothing? And we're walking to my, my first at bat, you know, being on the on deck circle just, you know, being so nervous, so timid. And then we're walking up to the plate and the strange sense of calm came over me saying, you know what, like you put in the work, you know, you, you deserve to have your moment. And, you know, your family's, your family made the four, you know, four or five hour drive down there through the mountains and everything to Penn State Tuna. Like, let's just let, let it rip, you know, roll the dice. And um, my first at bat, they had a home run and I, it was, you know, that was, I think only the, I, I think throughout my entire baseball career, it was the first ball I ever hit over a fence. And it, it was just, it, it was, it was an ecstatic euphoric feeling and that really hooked me from there because I, I just, I knew that I could, I could do it. Like all this right. work wasn't for nothing. And um, throughout the rest of that year, you know, we had, we had a tough year that year. It was, um, we, we had a very limited roster, a lot of turbulence in the school and with the team and everything. That's a story for a different day, but um, yeah, we, we won't touch. Know, I, I met some of my best friend. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, but uh, some, some of my best friends, some of my biggest role models in baseball, like, you know, Sean Filos, who was a Hamburg high school grad. He was, he was, he couldn't have better, better, he couldn't have been a better dude, a better leader, better role model, like I said, as well as, um, we had our shortstop that year and it was Seneca West grad, who was also kind of one of the influential figures in getting me to Madai and kind of saying, you know, pushing me along, trying to get me to do it was Anthony DeJoseph, who hey, he Joe. was, uh, high, he's the best. He was an, uh, you know, first team ball Western New York guy. And he had a very solid college career as well. But, you know, those are some of the fun, the the best times I've had in college baseball, even though that we weren't the most successful team. And then, um, you know, there was um, that summer I had some thoughts on transferring. I was um, just to find a better opportunity for a multitude of reasons. And I, I reached out to coach Drew Fitchery from Hilbert college and one thing led to another. And, you know, I, I know <clears throat> there's going to be some people listening to this. that know what I'm talking about. He might be the best recruiter I've ever met. He is, he, he knows who he's talking about. He knows how to get guys in the door and um, you know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't not deliver on these promises. I'll tell you that, you know, you know, it's um everything he talks about. He, he understands that the uh, you know, division three landscape and Hilbert college as a whole is the most desirable of you know locations to, to continue your baseball career at. Not too many guys are, you know, going through the recruiting process and, you know, having Hilbert circle that you know, one or two on their list, but he really knows what he's talking about. And um, he, him and his staff do a great job recruiting, like I said, as well as you know making the most of limited resources. So I made a decision that year, tw- the fall of 2021 to attend Hilbert. And that's where, you know, I met fellow all American and previous guests in the pod, not, not fellow American, sorry about that, but a uh, previous guest in the podcast, Thomas Evans, who, um you know, I remember on the last podcast, he was said something about there's no Thomas Evans without Pat Whalen. And, and I, I'll be damn sure in saying that there's no Thomas. <clears throat> there's no Pat Whalen without Thomas Evans, flip side as well. Um, Meeting a lot of those guys, not only Tom, but, but other guys like, you know, left-handed pitcher, Mike Contini. We had guys like <clears throat> Zach Panfield, who I know you coached in high school as well. Danny. Those guys, you know, he's the best. You know, all, all those guys are, they, they made it they made it such a, a memorable experience. And, and I remember in 2021, you know, Hilbert was coming off a couple down years. As I said, it, I, w- I would say pretty comfortably that, um, you know, area wide, it's not looked at as a powerhouse by any means. It's looked at as more of, you know, I remember telling people I was transferring to Hilbert and people were kind of looking at me, you know, side with, you know, with, a you know, not a, not the most accepting look, I'll put it that way. And, um, you know, I, going in that year and kind of hearing some of the attitudes and some of the outlooks that people had on Hilbert baseball. And, and I think we just had the perfect group to kind of reverse it. Like I said, I mentioned those guys earlier and that year we, we set the wins record and we had some moderate success. We got knocked out the first time of the playoffs and everything, but um, meeting, meeting Thomas and, and meeting uh, coach Drew and his staff. One guy I really want to to shout out in particular is coach Brendan Tui, who was a, who was an all American at Baldwin Wallace back in his day. He is one of the most, I would say, hands down. Besides my, besides my dad, my grandfather, he he's the most hands down, knowledgeable, most kind, like personable individual you could ever meet. He knows what he's talking about to a T. He's so unconventional, and so I wouldn't say unconventional in the grand scheme of D three baseball. I feel like a lot of Division three baseball coaching staffs. You know, I, I I played four years of college baseball. And a, a lot of guys are stuck in their ways, I would say. And they kind of roll out, you know, they have great, they have great talent. So they're just going to roll out the best nine. And, and most of the time they're going to be successful because of, you know, they have more talent than other teams. And um, Coach Tui is is so resourceful and so, so just wide breadth and depth of knowledge that he figures out how to beat teams with limited resources without perhaps the best talent. So um, meeting him, and hearing some of the things that he had to say that I never even thought about before really helped me become a better hitter. And um we had like I said, we had some su- success that year, but then this past year was, you know, it, it, it was something completely different. It was it, it was something that I had never experienced before in my life. It was uh it was just the the perfect combination of of uh guys that wanted to work as well as just, everything just lined out perfectly, I would say. It it, it it was almost it was almost destined to be that we had the success that we did. And for those listening that don't know, um, we, we shattered the wins, single season wins record that we had set the uh, season before, as well as making the program's first AMCC championship game, which was, uh, I mean, I know, I know you talked about in the previous podcast with Thomas talking about um, how you tune in and everything. And I have never had a more memorable or experience in that tournament in, in uh, Alfred, New York. That was unbelievable. That was, I'll tell you what, man, and I I know, I know Tom
0: and I talked about this, but it was one of those things. The the best teams I've ever coached, the best teams I've ever played on, the best teams I've ever been part of are the teams that you look at and say from one to nine, whether it's the best dude on the team or a guy who's filling in because of two injuries and another dude having an exam that day or whatever else is going on, you got to play seven full innings or nine full innings against this team because if you take one off it's over they can spin it like that and i watched you guys do it so many times i watched you guys sit there and you know uh you know thomas told the story of the like the like the like the point one percent win probability game that you guys came back and got the and got the w on you know the i remember watching the one playoff game and it was it was a very business like i think it was seven to two at one point and it just looked like a very business-like game for the whoever whoever you were playing against and then one inning hit where one or two things happened you guys pushed a couple more across And the next inning one or two things happened you guys banged a couple more and then those two came in and it was just run 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 and the other team was in quicksand it was a lot of fun to watch and it was like and, and from top to bottom i mean you guys the two of you led that charge no matter what and i can tell you again i i'm pretty sure i said this to you uh the first time i coached against you in triple uh, a muni this year i'm really getting tired of watching you hit home runs against teams that i that i coach uh but it is it is fun to watch because i love watching you know guys who can just swing it but uh i mean between the two of you it like coaching against you guys with Madai this year uh, against silver you know all right we got if we get the first two we have a shot of getting three clean innings and it, I don't know if we ever got both of you in the same inning. And, you know, it, the closest we may have come was got one of you to end the inning and the other to start the next, and probably still found a way to give up a run or two that, like that inning. Cause it's almost like that, oh, okay, we got through it. We're going to be okay. And then, you know, a walk, a hit, and an error. And it's guess what? Two runs. Type thing, and you guys had that all year long, and the amount of times that it was hit, 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 and not a walk, a hit, and an error was also incredibly impressive.
1: Yeah, and I think that comes down to, I think one of the biggest traits of our team this year was just was resilience. It, there was no, there's no other way to put it. It was, um, um and, and that was still good from the get-go. I think, um, you know, myself and Thomas get a lot of credit for the success we had, but Throughout the team, there was a lot of young guys that stepped up and a lot of young guys that have faced adversity throughout the fall and throughout the spring and stepped up in huge spots. And and it's just, um, you know, going back to before the season even started, I remember we had our fall team meeting and um, Thomas gets up in front of the team after Coach Drew is, you know, he's handing out team order forms and everything like that, making sure everyone's acclimated, especially all the freshmen and everything to the couch setting. And he gets up there. And he's talking about how we're going to win a championship this year, and I think a lot of the, especially the younger guys, are kind of looking at each other, you know, oh, like not not really, not really buying into it. And as the year went on, as the is not only the fall, the off season, and the season went on, I think it was just um, it it felt like that vision, that goal that Thomas kind of put in front of us. It, it, it just it it just became more and more realistic by the day, and it was something so. I, it was, it was very, it was something almost, I don't even know, like su- supernatural or something about, I don't know if it's the right word or not, but it I'll was just you. very, um, the, the most dangerous thing that
0: any baseball player can have is belief in themselves. And I, and I, t- I mean, I told Thomas this, you know, the other day and it's, it's very true about you as well. And uh, in, in in different ways because you guys carry yourself very differently on the ball field. You know he's 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 fiery. He's passionate. He's you know the the guy that gets the picture. You know the 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 sh- coming around third and you know I've seen him fire up the bench and, like you're more the silent but violent type from you know you 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 say you know you you talk when you're on the field but you're not that huge like you know LFG you know flexing for the camera kind of guy from what I've seen and you know but it's one of those things where. You know, like you talked about your first at bat after, you know, that long layoff and you hit a home run and all of a sudden, like you start to believe in yourself, you know, you, you play with that belief. And I, the first time we played you guys, it was cold. It was windy. And the first pitch of the game, Thomas came up and hit an inside the park home run. The third pitch of the game, you ripped a double or a triple. And after after that game, I looked at my boys and I was like, what's the biggest difference between them and us? They believe they can do it. We don't right now. You guys don't believe we can get this done. They do like they believe we don't. And it was one of the, again, we had a very, very young team. I think one, one starter that wasn't a freshman and it was a junior. Like I I think, yeah, I think Ian's was a junior this year. I'm not sure, but like an almost all freshman roster and getting those dudes to believe that they can compete with guys that much older was, was a hard task. But having someone our crosstown rival to be able to look and be like, there it is. Those dudes believe they can get the job done, and they do. We're not like, I think you guys think you can, but there's a big, big difference between a thought and a belief. And it was honestly, it's, it is fun to watch when guys, when that starts to click for guys. And it doesn't matter like you, Thomas, it doesn't matter, you know, guys back in high school, guys, you know, that I was coaching through summer ball. Even even guys that I talk to on the Triple A team, you know, you start talking about one or two things here and like the one, who, oh, I can't hit, I can't hit, I can't hit. Like, dude, just stay with it, stay with it. He feels something the one time, just misses it. He's like, ooh, I'm close. And then bang, 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 bang. And the first domino falls and it's over. The scariest
1: thing you can give a baseball player is belief. I couldn't agree more. And, and I think it's, and like you said, it is contagious because, like I said, we were, we were also, I mean, we had a lot of young guys throughout the year and uh, throughout the year step up. And I I think if you asked them at the beginning of the year, if they, if they thought they would come through in those in in big spots and meaningful spots, I I think they would disagree with you. I I don't think they would, um, they had that belief in themselves. And I think that through, you know, seeing, the the preparation and the work it takes to have that belief in yourself that me myself and Thomas and and countless other guys in the team, especially the upperclassmen have, you know, that is very contagious because they see how possible it is. And they see that, you know, that it's not baseball isn't, you know, one moment. It's not, it's not a singular moment or at bat or a pitch that defines you. It's it's such a slow burn. It's the accumulation of little moments throughout Throughout a lifetime, essentially, throughout your entire career, I mean, think about from a, a typical college baseball player from Little League on, probably has over what 4,000 at bats leading up to any particular at bat in their life. I mean, it, right. it, it's just something that it, it, it's something that um, you have to, it, and that, and that is, in my opinion, the the biggest separator between you know a, a good baseball player and a great baseball player, because you know it, it's is the mental game. It's so difficult. It's not, and I think Thomas alluded to this in the past podcast as well. That the physical work is the easy part. Even if you're not feeling on the best day, you can still will yourself to get to the gym. You can still will yourself to get swings in. It's the mental work because baseball is such a you know you're gonna you're gonna fail seven out of ten times, and that's a Hall of Fame hitter. So it's um, the results are so fleeting. You just have to keep reminding yourself how good you have like how good of a player that you actually are, how much work that you've put in. And that, um, like I said earlier, you know, not letting, not letting one moment get you down, not letting one uh, failure get you down because just like in life, you know, you're going to get knocked down sometimes and it's all about how you respond. It's all about that resilience. And that all starts with the mental game.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's one of the biggest things that I think kind of gets lost in this day and age. And and this is my personal opinion. uh, And if you disagree, you know, feel free to, to, to chime in on it. But I think that's one of the biggest things that gets lost in translation in, you know, in in high school and travel baseball right now, you know, high school baseball in this area, you have, you hit a slump, you might get benched and may not get another shot because, you know, depending upon the weather, you might only get three to four weeks of of playing time. And if that slump hits in week two, you're probably not playing in week four. And in, you know, in college ball, you know, or not college ball, but in travel ball, you know, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of hoopla, but it's also very much about the team winning because of individual accolades, because these kids are kind of trying to get seen to go to college, you're trying to get seen to go, you know, anywhere they might go. And that mental toughness kind of starts to lose a little bit of value because, and personally, I think there's a lot of, I don't want to say playing down because that's not the right phrase for it, but like When things get tough, we find a way to make things easier. In this day and age, you know, there's not one or two top travel teams. There's 56 teams you could play on at any age group. I mean, it sure as hell wasn't like that when I was a kid, and it made it made it tough. But it also made you tough, you know. And you know, a perfect example. You're a guy like you said you you came up not having a ton of success in the game. You know, you ended up being what I would call a second chance guy. You know, you you got a second chance going to Hill or uh, going to Madai. And eventually that led you to, you know, being, being a huge factor in one, in one of Hilbert's best seasons ever. And you don't do that without mental toughness and you don't have that mental toughness without being able to process and handle failure and being just okay to just keep going. And I I think it's something that gets, gets lost in translation. I think it's a very important message for, for people to hear, you know, things, things get tough and at times you just got to get tougher you can't find an easier road to, to to walk down.
1: Absolutely. And it's, you know, one of the, one of the best pieces of advice that coach Tui from Hilbert gave me was listening to the song. And I'm sure many listeners and yourself are, are familiar with best life by Frank Sinatra. I think that's one of the best songs that anyone can listen to, or, you know, most meaningful songs I can listen to, to kind of have that reframing of perspective that, you know, you're going to get knocked down. Sometimes things aren't always going to go your way. I, I would say, in a baseball game, you know, how much mo- you know, uh, on any given baseball game, you watch a major league game, minor league game, college game even, a uh, starting pitcher is not going to have his best stuff. He might have – if he has, fi- you know, 15, 20 starts in a season, he might have his best stuff three of the games. You know, it, it, it's just – so it's all about putting yourself in the best position possible mentally to be able to handle that failure, to have that resilience, to understand that, you know, it's a slow burn and and, and it's not, everyone takes their own strides. Everyone's taking their own path. There's no, and it's so difficult to achieve, but it's all about just maintaining perspective on everything. Because like I said, you know, one at bat is never going to define you. You're never going to be looked at, you know, if you're on a a high school team, you know, one at bat doesn't make or break you whatsoever. It's all about, you know, if you fail, how are you going to respond? And if you succeed, you know, how are you going to be And like, and, and if you do fail, there's not, and I think Thomas alluded to this in the podcast earlier as well. There's not, you know, there's so many different things you can do to help your team. Not, you know, not being a baseball player, you can go, you know, you strike out, you go back into the dugout, take your stuff off. It's on to the next guy. You're cheering on the next guy, making error in the field. So what that's on me. I'm going to make the next play. And not only that, but, you know, becoming an up, you know, going through the ranks and becoming an upperclassman, a senior this year, being able to share, you know, these messages and keeping guys in the game, even if, even if failure is knocking on the doorstep or, you know, we're down like we were in that Penn State Altoona game. I mean, I remember we're success and winning that game felt so far out of reach. It felt so far out of hand. And I remember me and Thomas led off that inning. We had, you know, I think we, I think it was like, Thomas hit a double. I knocked him in or something like that. And I remember telling him like, we're going to get back up again. And we're going to win this thing. And I remember saying, walking in the dugout after after I scored saying, you know, I didn't hear no bell. Like we're still going here. And it's all about, you know, having that never say die attitude. Cause it's, it, it, you know, once you think it's over, that's when you lose. And, and that's, and that's not only from a team perspective, but from an individual perspective, because you know, ex- once you accept if once you accept that, Oh, you know, I'm inferior. Once you accept that, you know, oh, this is out of hand. That's that's when it becomes real, and that's when it becomes you know an, an, an actual reality. So it's it's all about combating that. And, and like I said, it's so it is so incredibly difficult to achieve that. But um, it's it's all through it's all through experience. It's all through you know failing over and over again, and and just finding finding the best way for you to handle it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and there's. It, it that goes and it, it goes back to that whole belief thing that we were talking about you know you are are you the guy that you're looking and i i do this i do this when i play uh, you know i look and i'm like okay we we're, we're chasing two runs here's where i'm hitting here's how many guys are in front of me if i come up again it's going to be with two outs in the game on the line and then i sit there like get me up get me up get me to the pl- get me to the plate let's go get me to the plate give me the shot cuz i know i can do it you know, or are you the guy going oh man I hope I hope one of the guys ahead of me does something good that, that, that I don't have to come up in that pressure situation because like I don't want to be the guy that gets out with the game on the line I don't want to be the guy that ends the game you know and it was it it's it's a complete mindset that if you're one guy you're you, you may not you may not be successful but the fact that you know you can and you want it means a whole a whole lot more than being the guy that doesn't want to be in that spot because if you go up there, like it's one of the best lines I ever heard. And this was from an old martial arts coach of mine that was, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. And you know, you're never wrong if you believe that you can do something or you believe you cannot do something, you are right. Now, obviously, like if I believe I can fly, obviously, I can't fly. That's not what we're talking <laughs> about here. But, um, you know, just in the grand scheme of, especially, you know, in sports and in life, you know, if you, if you believe you can start a business and run a business and be successful you can if you believe you can't you're right don't try you know it, it's just it's one of those things that so much of this stuff translates to everyday life and it's things you learn between the lines and sometimes outside the lines you know you, you mentioned being a good teammate off the field but like in the game but not 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 as a baseball player you know how many times I've had guys in the past teams I've coached teams I play on things I just overhear hey man uh when that dude rolls to a curveball or like hey he holds his slider, or, you know, he holds his split finger. So if you see him in the glove, he's getting out of the slider. Uh, sorry, you uh, know, he, he's, he's changing out of the split finger. Like something simple. Hey, I picked up when I was leading off first. That guy holds the ball and he holds it a certain way. So if he goes in the glove and he's rolling it. He's rolling out of that pitch. Because what do a lot of pitchers do? They hold the pitch that's the hardest to get into. I, mean, I, I got a buddy who throws a really, really nasty change up. But it's hard, it's it's a hard grip for him to get to. So when he thinks he's gonna throw the change up, he holds the change up before, before he gets the sign and then rolls out of it if he has to. And like I, I've had guys on the bench pick that up. And guess what? That makes the that gives the guys at the plate an advantage. Oh, I see him playing in the glove. I can eliminate a pitch. It makes my job that much
1: easier. And I think that's what so many guys have to understand because you know, like you said, there's so many, there's so much. You know throughout the the travel ball circuit nowadays, throughout the high school you know circuit, there's so much pressure on guys to perform and, and you know be the guy on the field. And you know, when they get to the college level, more often they're not, they're fresh in the year. They're not going to be, you know, they're not going to have the same impact they did on the high school field. you know the you you're playing against you're going from playing against you know seventeen and eighteen year olds at your at your own school level to now you're facing because of COVID years and everything, 22, sometimes 23-year-olds and that are stronger than you, way more skilled than you. And, you know, fa- failure is inevitable with that. Like, more often than not, you're going to fail. So they, they don't have that <clears throat> that, that – they're not going to have that same amount of impact. And what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we had we had multiple guys throughout the year that maybe didn't play that much on the Hilbert team. Like, you know, m- maybe they've seen only a handful of things. But, you know, oh, both are – both our um, viable catchers, like our, our guys that know how to catch, are in the game right now. One's DHing, one's in the hole. And we had guys that were players going down to catch bullpens. It, it, it's just, I, I mean, stuff like that is so meaningful to me to see that. And I think, you know, I, I don't want to take the rest of the team, but I think meaningful to the rest of the team as well because it shows that you're willing to do anything to help the team succeed. No matter how small of an edge, no matter how meaningless you might think it is. You're going out there, you know. You're, you're strapping, you're using the catcher's glove. You're getting the catcher's crouch. That's so probably unfamiliar, and you're doing that to help the team out to get the guy ready to go into pitch. I mean, that's just that's something that you really can't teach. And you know, that that's that's only one small example, but there's countless examples of being a leader, being someone that your teammates can depend on. You know, it, it's a lot. Of, I've always tried to pride myself on showing up on time, and I think that's. You know, one of the biggest things you can do as a young college baseball player just show up on time. That means so much to not only yourself but the rest of the, <clears throat> the rest of the teammates, and sets you up for success. I mean, there's so many just like you said, so many small little things that you can do that in the moment might seem meaningless, but as the as years go on, people remember you for doing certain things, and they remember your character. And at the end of the day, that's that's the biggest thing. Like no one's gonna remember, you know, oh, what did. Pat Whalen hit his senior year, or, or, you know, was Thomas Evans All-American his his senior year? None of that stuff matters. And, like, one of the quotes I was, I always, like, that resonated with me is from Horace Greeley, who was, you know, I I remember seeing this on a TikTok, maybe Instagram reel or something like that. He was a U.S. senator or something. And it's, fame is a vapor, popularity is an accident, riches take wings, only one thing endures, and that's character. And it's, like, you know, you you can chase the accolades, you can chase the, the success on the diamond, but all that stuff is so fleeting and none of it lasts. It's going to be forgotten about, you know, by this time next year. So I think it's all about putting yourself in, you know, trying to improve yourself to be the best teammate, best person you can be, be a quality, humble individual that's, you know, gonna get, gonna get, you're going to get your nose dirty for your guys. You're going to go, you know, whatever it takes. And that was one of the mottos our team shared this year. Like, um, a great story. I, I want to shout out real fast too. Is um, from a fellow senior left. Uh, <clears throat> we call he was a lefty pitcher. Mike Conti. He's one of my best friends in the world. And I remember we we're playing in Pitt Greensburg. It's the stakes are very very high. It's our um, it's Hilbert's first. It, it's um, ended up being the, the program's first uh, playoff win. But in the moment, the game's close. He's starting game one, and Mike will be the first one to tell you he's not the most talented. He's he's. Uh, he throws maybe seventy-five on a good day, and um, you know he's he's not going to blow anybody away. He's not he, he doesn't have the best deal or anything like that. But he's a competitor. And I remember, he is um, he's in the fourth inning or something like that. A couple runners on, games you know, games close. It's like three-three something like that. And you know he, he's he's going to fight for every last out. Nobody works harder than him. And I remember him. Remember Coach Drew walking out of the dugout calling time, did make a pitching change. And I remember Mike's like. Mike doesn't realize it right away. I'm at first base, like watching it all happen. Mike's looking for the sign. Coach Drew comes out. He notices it. And he, you know, he's he's like swearing up the storm, like he doesn't want to give up the ball. Like he's, you know, Max Scherzer or something like that. It's stuff like that that I'll remember way more than you know, any not any personal accolades or teammate accolades or anything like that. Chasing the chasing the numbers, chasing the 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 titles or whatever you want to say is is just so I would say almost uh, you know, artificial or or um superficial is the word. yep. and it, it, it's it's memories like that that um that outlive any sort of it, it's memories and it's the relationship you make as well that outlive anything that, you know, happens in the diamond. I agree. And that's one of those things that I think is awesome to hear. and I think
0: it's awesome for, you know, for for young guys to hear and for parents to hear, too, like, you know I, and i've i've had conversations with people you know like oh hey check out this uh this 12u team won this championship and the five dads coaching look happier than the 12 kids that played like, <laughs> that's that's a problem that's a problem cuz you know like the dad like the, those trophies are going to get dusty they're going to get thrown out eventually cuz at some point when you're in your late teens like you don't care that you won the the crab Apple open at the south checkidawaga baseball facility like it, nobody cares anymore it's you know, but I guarantee you those, you know, if the, if the dudes had fun that played, they can tell you stories from that weekend. You know, something happened. Um, you know, one of, one of the, my, one of my favorite stories, it was my very first year coaching. I was a young 19 year old, had no business coaching 12, a 12, u travel team, but there I was, I asked, they said, sure, let's bring you on a staff and let's see what happens. And we're playing an extra tournament. We tacked a fall tournament on it. We're, we rolled through the tournament. We were doing really well. And all of a sudden we're playing a championship game. We're down 10 to two. Going to the bottom of the last, and me and the other coaches stand there, and they go, "What do we tell them?" I was like, "Dude, these kids came from Cooperstown, got home to Buffalo, had a day off, and we dro- and we drove to Redding. Like this is this has been an incredible weekend of baseball. These these dudes are shot. Like there's nothing left on this bench. Let's just tell them to have fun, and I'll be damned if we didn't win that game. <laughs> and and that's always like, boys, it's been a hell of a weekend. You guys let it all hang out, like." go have fun. Just go, just go have fun. Like don't leave here at the last inning of your summer being like, man, that sucked. Go enjoy your last ups of the summer. And we came back and we marched back and won it. And it's those types of things. Like couldn't tell you, I, I know we were in Reading, Pennsylvania. I don't know the team we played. I can tell you the kids on that team. I can tell you the funny stories from that entire weekend. And I only know we won because it was the first tournament championship I ever won as a coach. And but like that story is just so cool to me. Like, Hey, we won, you know, we ended up winning and we tied it in the seventh and wanted in extras on a kid who like there was a, he was pitching a no, he was throwing a no hitter, like a 30 pitch, no hitter through four innings and pulled himself from the game. Cause his toe hurt. And like 19 year old me is losing my mind. Right. I'm like, what are you talking about, Ben? Like take yourself out of a no hitter. What the, what, what's wrong with you? Like, and like, oh god, okay, we're going extras. We have no arms left. Like, who throws? And this kid walks up, goes, Give me the ball. Like, I talked to this, I still talked to this kid. I, I remind him, like, hey, remember when you took yourself out of a no-hitter and then demanded the ball a day and a half later? He was like, Yeah, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? Like, it just it's a fun story because that's the stuff that people remember. You know, people like. Couldn't tell you what that team did in Cooperstown the week before, but I can tell you the story of ever like the, the kid who hit his first ever home run and forgot to run. <laughs> like I love that stuff. We talked about this a little bit before. Like the stories are what keep me going. I love the game of baseball. I love the people I've met, and uh, I, I wanted. To, I do want to dial back into something real quick. You, you, you mentioned playing AAA Muni and BA in that summer right? That COVID summer where all the dudes were back. You know, you had teams I, like the Orville's Triple A muni team had, I think they had like seven pros on that team. Like I know LG was on that team. I know Gator Johnson was pitching for that team. I think Aaron Phillips was on that team like that. Like every team was like that. And you mentioned like learning so much from those dudes and like, just learning, being a bench guy that year, you know, that summer, like what were some of the things you took away from that? What were some of the things that like you picked up on just from being around those guys and being around just guys who are older and seen it and done it a little
1: bit? So there were so many guys on orchard park Sox team that I became, that I would have without baseball, no business knowing and getting to know them guys like Troy banks, who he graduated from orchard park high school and went on to have a career at Mercyhurst university uh, Ryan McCarrick, who played at St. Bonaventure. There was countless – and guys my own age who maybe didn't, you know, play as much. We were kind of sitting on the bench, you know, talking throughout the games. Like Justin Kirst, he uh, uh, he graduated St. Francis the year, the same year I graduated from Bishop Time, and so we were kind of high school rivals. And I remember that was like a commonality we had. So we would always talk on the bench. And I remember um, one of the things that he talked about was the game knows. And, like – he would point out guys on other teams that, you know, would would maybe dog you know dog it running on the line on, on a on a routine ground ball or you know maybe not a pitcher that wouldn't back up you know a base or something like that an extra base hit and he'd pick up on that and he pointed out to me and he would say the game knows and 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 sure enough like it always seemed to happen like that guy that jog you know jogged on line on, on a <clears throat> routine pop up or a routine ground ball he'd strike out the next time and it's like you know. That's a, that's a microcosm within a game. But I think if you look at it from the grand scheme of things, from you know, a 10,000 foot bird's eye view, the game does know. And the game, know. I mean, this goes back to all the stuff we were talking about before the game knows how well you treat your teammates. The game knows how you carry yourself. The game knows what your true intentions are. And I think the game will, at some point, it's going to reward you. And I, I think for, for many guys that, you know, like myself that maybe aren't the most talented that, you know, put in a ton of work, I, I, like, like Justin, who, who went on to Wentworth University, I remember talking, talking about it. He had a really, he was having a tough time with the coach, not getting along very much. And he just kept putting in the work, head down every single day. And I remember the one time he texted me like, oh, you know, two for four, two doubles. And, you know, that's, a, I mean, we, we talk about the camaraderie, we talk about the stories, like, that's the type of stuff that, you know, I, I'll truly never forget. And, you know, that summer was really, uh that was just a, a true turning point and learning just little stuff like that. And not only that, but just seeing how those guys carried themselves about how, you know, they took their at-bats so seriously. And it was, it, it wasn't like, you know, Oh, I'm better than this league. I, I'm I'm above it. It, it. it was truly. And maybe that was the circumstances of the time that they had to take it seriously to get their reps in. Like, it, it just truly showed me that, you know, there, there's no taking a play off. There's no taking a rep off. It, 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 it's all about, you know, trying to, Take those summer ball games w- when other guys, you know, might be tired from a long day of work and everything. And, and perhaps you're tired too yourself. Like, I mean, I, I, last couple summers, I've worked all day and come to games, but just finding that mental edge to say, you know what, this is going to propel me down the road to become a better baseball player. You know, maybe I, you know, I, I pick up on something from somebody that will help me down the road. So it's all like learning that perspective and seeing how those guys carry themselves. It, it was, it was so it definitely elevated my perspective on the game and um, it it truly just helped me make, make me a better baseball player.
0: That's awesome. It's I wanted to ask you specifically that because I've had instances over the years where, you know, guys who played high school ball for me, guys who played uh, the last couple of years, guys who played college ball for me have ended up coming and playing with me in games. Uh, The first group, one of the first groups that did it was that group from right around your age group. We went to uh, Cooperstown for an 18 and up tournament and it was the core group of my guys from the, the from the New Era Double A Muni team I ran, and then like uh, Max, Tommy Bidnarski, uh, Ryan Menzel, Ryan Voigt, and Alec Tambury came down with us, and kind of rounded out the roster because I had a, I, I had a group of guys bail on it late, and we went down there, man. And they, you know, our our shortstop uh, Alex Seifert played at Jackson uh, Jacksonville University or University of Jacksonville, I think it is. He, he was a middle infielder for a D one school in Jacksonville. And like we're sitting there, we're telling stories. He's telling the story about how he went and played in a collegiate league in Alaska for one summer and how they played a game at three in the morning when it was when the sun was out because he was over there during the time of year where there's like 75 hours straight of sunlight. So they played a 3 a.m. Baseball game with the sun out. And like at the end of the at the end of the tournament, I was talking to the boys. I was like, do you guys have fun? Do you guys enjoy it? And they're like, I think I learned more this weekend about like. Life and the game than I have my entire career, and it's just playing with dudes. You know there was, um, you know that was our shortstop. Our second baseman was Brandon Caboot. He was a Timon boy. Um, would have went to Iroquois, decided to go to Timon, and went to ECC. You know, talented, talented dude. If he was probably five inches taller, he probably would have had a, a little bit longer and more bigger quote-unquote college career you know we had guys from all over and here's these young dudes like you know going to niagara going you know gonna pitch at niagara gonna be gonna be dudes that contribute day one at brockport and they're playing with guys and like on paper as talented if not way more than everyone else on the roster and here's just this ragtag group of dudes just going out competing and they're just like i learned a ton this weekend this was awesome and I, I wanted to hear your perspective on that because it's, it, it really is cool. And I think a lot of players, I think would get a lot of, a lot of insight and a lot of like to learn a little bit more about themselves by not just playing around their age group and around their talent, but playing up, playing against older guys, you know, high school guys, if you're playing, you know, if you're playing Legion and turn down triple ABA, maybe next year you play triple ABA to find out what these dudes that are 21, 22 are doing, what these college guys are doing. If you're that high school senior going into college, maybe you look at triple A Muni instead of AAA BA because you're playing against dudes who have won national championships type thing. And you kind of learn a little bit more about yourself instead of being that guy like, oh, I'm gonna play 20 and under SIBA because I'm really good in that league. Okay, but is that making you better? And are you are you learning more about yourself in the game going forward? You know? And I, so I appreciate the input. I, I appreciate the uh you know the sound bite on that one.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's um, you know, like, like we say and i you're redundant here, but it's such a game centered around failure, and um, it's it's never going to be you know the like complacency in baseball, in my opinion, is the enemy. Like you said, you can go and play, you know, a league you're great in, and you know, face the same arms and same people that you face, you know, for the last three, four years, or you could go up and you know, and make the decision to face against better competition, and and you know, guys like my guys like myself and I know multiple other guys have you know, are much better for it so I think it's te- that stuff is inv- invaluable I agree and that's that's something I wish
0: more guys would hear and like I can say it's all blue in the face but hearing it from a guy like you I think resonates a whole lot more just because you know again how how are you going to be ready at seven or at 17 18 19 years old to play against 21 22 23 year olds other than doing it if you have experience against guys in that age in that age group and maybe even a little bit older who played any, any level of college baseball, you're going to be a little bit more ready to go play college baseball. You know, you're going to be more ready for your senior high school season, you know, whatever it may be.
1: Oh, without a doubt. It's, it's never, you know, staying in the same place that you are, it's always going to lead to, you know, maybe getting worse, you know, maybe you think, oh, you know, I'm tearing it up in this league. I don't have to do any extra work. I I don't have to go out and, you know, try to get after it. And, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely counterproductive in that way. And, um, like I said, it's, it's just so, um, that time of my life was so invaluable and like looking back on it and, uh, you know, I, I just almost wish we could go back in time and experience that all over again, but you know, it was just, uh, it was, it was awesome.
0: Yeah. Just go back, check the tape and watch the highlights at least just to pick up a little bit more.
1: Oh yeah. That was, it, it was just, I mean, having the six o'clock games at Green Lake park with, you know, you know, there's no, other, there's no baseball to watch. So people are driving out to see those games. So it was like, no. Oh, or 300 people watching it very cool it was an experience like any other I, I had a, I had up until that point
0: yeah that was that was definitely an, an an awesome and wild summer for sure uh and the other thing I wanted to touch back on we're, we're you know we're running close to the hour mark here so we're gonna wrap it up the one thing I did want to touch on that you brought up you know like that that your your character and who you are as you know as a person is what's going to follow you and that's going to be you know the 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 lasting impression, you know, the the, the stats are going to fade, records are made to be broken, uh, you know, the the seasons move on, you know, in in, jeez, a month and a half, two months almost, we're talking about fall ball for college coming back around, like so, last season's done and over and it's past and it's not, you know, it's on to the next kind of thing, and you know, but the one thing that does that does carry true and the one thing that does stick around is your character and who you are as a person. And, uh, I wanted to bring up the fact that one of the things, uh, the first time I ever spoke to you now, we've been not as much as me and Thomas, but uh, me and you have been around each other, kind of like hovering around the same kind of group of people. I coached a bunch of guys you played with, uh, you know, coached against you the last couple of years, and we never really actually had a conversation, but I told you the first time I talked to you, um, you know, that so many people, so many people talk so highly of you as a person. You know, baseball completely aside, just the type of guy you are, the type of dude you are, how you carry yourself, how respectful you are, almost to a fault where I wanted to slap you for calling me Mr. Josuek a second time. But, um, you know, it just, I, I i wanted, like, that that could not be more true, and especially with you, everyone, everyone I've ever talked to that's ever met you, absolutely rants and raves about it. And I really do truly mean the fact that, like, I really do wish I would have had the opportunity to coach you. Like I really, really do. Cause I think it would have been a lot of fun. And I, I, I really think we would have had a great time together, but uh, it was not in the cards. And, uh, but I did want you to know that. And, and somebody, you know, coach Priester, who I talk to fairly regularly, I, I should probably check in with him. It's been a minute, but uh, you know, he, he speaks very, 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 very highly of you as well. So.
1: I really appreciate that. And uh, coach Priester is another guy I wanted to shout out with uh, my time on my diet. We never run out of plane together because he graduated the year before I got there, but he helped out with, I think it was the SID at that time. And he was also doing stuff with the Academy stars, which I, I I still think he does. And, um, he was, he was just an all time motivator. He was, he was another guy that just, you know, kind of kept, you know, got pushing me in the right direction, pushing it like, Oh, you know, you you can do this. So like, that's another guy that I'm incredibly grateful for. And, you know, if he has, if he has, uh, High you know, words of high distinction to say of me. I have even higher to say of him. So he is uh he's another guy. I wanted to, you know, shout out and thank personally for everything he's done and everything he continues to do, not only in my life, but seemi- seemingly for the rest of the Western New York baseball community as well. So it's just awesome to see and awesome to hear that as well.
0: Well, uh leading into the shout-out portion, if you've listened to the show, you know the drill. This is your time. Uh I want one story, one, you know, just one like just one fun top top tier story that you have uh, about the game, about something that happened in an interaction, anything along those lines. And then, you know, shout outs, thank yous, whoever else you want to just, you know, basically sh- shamelessly promote for for them. Uh, now is your time.
1: Yeah. So a story I, one that comes to mind is I'm going to bring up uh, Mike Contini again. We're so, the uh, AMC, we make it to the MCC uh, final four tournament and we're getting ready to play the eventual champion that ended up beating us in the championship game, Penn State Altoona. However, before, like this game wasn't a championship game. It was uh, – we beat Elf- – that was the comeback you alluded to earlier. We beat Alfred State the day before. So we're getting ready to play Penn State-Otuna this game. And we – I think it was the uh, – it was an elimination game before because we're all playing in the same field and everything, obviously. And um, so that game is running a little long. I think maybe extra innings or something like that. So we have a lot of time to prepare, a lot of downtime. Mike was starting that game, so he, he's, you know, kind of getting antsy. He's not in his usual routine and anything like that. So I remember I just had my headphones in. I'm kind of walking around the outfield and everything, and uh, they only had one or two spots where you could do the plyo balls. So Mike's uh, Mike's in the outfield do, using his plyo balls. I'm walking around. All of a sudden, Mike Mike starts – I could see Mike, like, putting – I don't know where he even got the tissues from. He's putting tissues up his nose. He's got a nosebleed going. And uh, I remember he, I, I, it was something like he had the nosebleed going – he was and he was throwing up or something real sick and um he went out there and just still dominated and we ended up losing that game, but I think he went five scoreless or something like that. And it was just like truly, you know, what that that's that I wish you get to meet him, Josh, because he's one of the best dudes I've ever been around, like the hardest <laughs> worker, the highest character. I mean, just stuff like 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 I said, like, you know, those are the stories that you'll never forget. I'll never forget seeing him, you know, throwing the pile balls of tissue stuff up his nose. And then going out and shoving during the game. So that, that, that's the story I wanted to share.
0: That's what we call a gamer, right there. Doesn't matter what's going on; just shut up and throw.
1: Yep, his nickname's the general, and he's the definition of a gamer. He, he's he's awesome. But
0: um, you 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 earn a nickname. You earn that nickname with a performance like that for sure. Yeah,
1: he's he's earned it time and time again. He's uh, he's battle hardened for sure, and he's you know. He's what, you know, we would talk often about foxhole guys, the guys you want with you, you know, when you're going to war and he, he's, he's number one on that list for sure. So. Awesome. Love to hear that. It was awesome to be able to meet him. It, it was, he's the best and, uh, being able to spend the last two years with him was, I'm incredibly grateful for.
0: All right. So is, the, uh, this is where you, so your, your internet connection was breaking up. I, I, I think we kind of stepped on each other there a little bit, but, um. Uh... So this is the shout out point. Anybody you want to shout out yeah. any, any, you know, whole nine yards go, it's your time.
1: Yeah, sounds good. So first and foremost, I want to, you know, my parents, especially, uh, especially my dad in the terms of baseball, he's been somebody that's kind of, he's driven me to tournaments. He, he's, you know, he came to almost every single game this past year and him and my grandpa are sitting through, you know, free, you know, 30 degrees in the cold and everything watching these games in the snow and, I'm so incredibly grateful for everything he's done. And he's, uh, he's someone that, you know, introduced me to the game and that I've been able to share so many moments with, you know, not only through my career, but my little brother, who's also a, uh, who else also wanted to shout out. He's a, uh, he's a pitcher on the Hilbert team as well. He didn't, he didn't originally come to Hilbert after graduating from time and he went to NCCC for a year, but he transferred in this past year and, um, that was what made the season even more special. I was getting it was getting to share it with him and someone that I've you know grown up playing catch with since we were since we could throw a baseball basically. And um <clears throat> some other people, you know, uh I, I don't want to forget my sister either. My, my sister Bridget, she's awesome. Um, as well as uh I got a couple of guys here I wanted to really uh, talk about or just you know just mention real fast some Hubert alumni that have been super supportive, Ryan Bonifide, Hobbs. Yeah, yep, I know you coached him at Lancaster. He's oh, another my boy. So- Salt of the earth. That's the only way to describe them. And um, we have some other couple other guys, Hilbert alums, Brandon Job, who throughout all this winter, we go hit almost every weekday, throw BP to me, you know, hit, feed the machine. He, he's the best. Uh John Wilson, who was um he was a stud for a couple years at Hilbert, Jordan Brown, and uh Jimmy DeSanti, as well as the entire Hilbert coaching staff this past year. And um, lastly, want to shout out uh Thomas Evans, who, you know, Mr. All-American, he's uh, the best of the best, as well as um, the rest of the Hilbert squad as well. You know, it was uh, it was a hell of a ride. And I'm so I'm so thankful for everything that uh, the school
0: and the team gave me. Awesome, man. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Like I said, thank you for carving out an hour of your Thursday night here uh, to come on and talk baseball with me, man. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit more over the summer here. Uh, you know, I feel like I see you once a week now with how many times we, well, we're playing the OP Sox out there at green Lake, but, um, and I'm sure I'll see you a whole lot more throughout as the summer goes too. So
1: yeah, thank you very much. It's, uh, th- thanks for reaching out and having me on. It's, uh, it, w- it was a great time getting to talk some baseball with you. Like I said at the beginning, one of my favorite things to do. So thank you. Absolutely. My
0: friend, you are welcome. Anytime you want to come back on and just shoot the breeze. I am always down to have people come talk baseball. So, all right. Thank you. Thank you very much again. No problem. And thank you guys for tuning in to tip of the cap podcast, tip of the cap podcast, part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online, BICBP radio.com. Tune in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google podcast, Amazon music, anywhere else you get your podcast from. Check us out on online tip of the cap podcast on Facebook at tip of the cap pod on Twitter and tip of the cap. 716 on Instagram, like follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends. And as always keep playing baseball and we will catch you guys next week. Next episode, whenever I put one out, it happens. Thanks for tuning in, guys.